Hello, this is the Black and Asian Therapist Network podcast. I'm Eugene Ellis. This podcast is for anyone who's interested in the internal psychological world from a Black and Asian perspective. In this and the next podcast, I'll be presenting two talks given by leading therapists in the field that were given at the Barton Conference in April 2014. The first of these talks is from Zenobia Nadishaw, whose talk was called Therapeutic Practice in a Multicultural Society. Zenobia is a consultant clinical psychologist and has been in the world of psychology for 38 years. She is very active in the field of psychology, counselling, psychotherapy and ethnic minority and disability issues, including training of and supervision of psychologists and counsellors. She also lectures at national and international level and has published widely on these issues. In her talk, she explores organisational change in the light of our diversity culture. Along the way, she articulates the difference between the diversity agenda and equal opportunities, explores what value in diversity means in practice, and also enters into the sometimes tension-filled area of the white supervisor and black supervisee relationship. This is Zenobia Nadashaw. Our first speaker is Professor Zenobia Nadishaw. She'll be talking about therapeutic practice in a multicultural society. We've known each other for a while, but we haven't really made contact. But more recently, we've kind of um, been able to have an opportunity to work together. So you've had many years working in the NHS? 38 years. 38. I didn't want to say. <laughs> and, <laughs> and elder. So very active in raising the profile of mental health issues in uh, black and Asian and ethnic minority communities uh, through her lecturing both nationally and internationally and through her published works, one of which won the first prize for the British Medical Association. She's also been trustee of the Race Equality Foundation since 2007. So um, you know, well-rooted in all of this stuff. So welcome to Zenobia. Hello, good morning. Can I just sort of say I am just so privileged and really feel honoured to be speaking in front of you all today on, on a topic which is very close to my heart. And when Eugene asked me to present something on, on this topic, I, I immediately said, without even a sort of question in my mind, of course I will. And I'm delighted to see so many of you here. I've been in the sort of teaching and training world for quite a few years and uh, that's why I feel very confident and, and very competent in the kind of presentation that I'm talking to you all about or presenting to you today. And I sincerely hope that hearing what I've got to be saying, you, you will take some of that into sort of your practical application of counselling, psychology therapy and psychotherapy. So this is me, folks, Zenobia Nadoshaw, consultant clinical psychologist by background and has been very active in the field of clinical psychology in trying to create a completely different way of training for our postgraduate clinical psychologists who are trained and then work in the NHS. So I'm, I'm very proud to be here. I am talking about diversity in terms of different individuals valuing each other regardless of skin, intellect, talent and years. And I'm also referring to the whole range of uh, social differences uh, relating to gender, race and religion, age, abilities, appearance, 
and culture and class, ethnicity and employment, and sexuality and spirituality. When I talk about diversity and social graces, I'm going to be making reference to a lot of these issues. How do we respond? So I'm going to be talking to you all a little bit about your personal um, attitudes to a therapeutic encounter. And then I'm going to be talking uh, in great detail about the organizational and what, what the role and responsibility is of the uh, academic institutions that we all belong to and what should be done. So working with difference and diversity is understanding the psychological and therapeutic service usage by BME communities. I'm, I'm very concerned about the fact that when I speak to managers in the health service and, and social services, they are saying, but these people don't come to us. You know, They don't need us. They care for their own. The stereotype view of looking particularly with Asian communities, they care for their own. They don't want to come to us. And you know, their needs are different and special. And, um, you know, culture to a certain extent becomes pathologized. And I am very, very concerned about that. In Kensington and Chelsea, where I worked, uh, there were uh, invisible communities of Somali people, Ethiopian people, who just would not come to the notice of health and social services. I got involved with the migrant community uh, uh, organization right in the heart of Ladbroke Grove. And there I saw them coming with lots of queries, with lots of people with mental health problems, children with learning disabilities, children with learning difficulties, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, slowly through my work with the migrant uh, community, they felt a little bit more secure and confident to actually come into social services establishments and uh, perhaps run the, uh, decrease their fear that they had, that if they come to the notice of social services, their children will be taken away from them. So um, I, I was very, very keen to work with the Ethiopian and Somali communities. And um, I, I must say, I, you know, we've been lucky. We, they have come to our notice now. And they are now using services in a much more appropriate manner. That is, in one sense, we have changed in the way in which we offer services to them, in terms of the way in which we interpret how they view mental health, how they view learning disabilities. And once we've now got that connection with them, we are seeing a little bit more of people now coming to statutory services. So what I would want to also do is to increase the participants' confidence and effectiveness in working with people from culturally different and diverse backgrounds and increase awareness of working with difference in the therapeutic situation <laughs> and particularly in the supervisor-supervisee relationship. I have had enough of experience of supervision over the years and I, I, I act as a supervisor and module organizer for UCL uh, University College London, UEL, University of East London, and Royal Holloway. And I have seen the tensions that do exist between white supervisors and black supervisees and the kind of problems that they have. Therapists, psychologists, psychotherapists that I have worked with and supervised, they're always saying personal and political is separate. We, we cannot merge these two together. But I've said, no, uh, 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 integrate them. For me, the overall aim is to promote a culture of equality and human rights within the diversity agenda. The very sort of assumption that culture is pathologized, 
and I, I saw that in Kensington, Chelsea, and as well as in Hertfordshire, where I worked. The assumption for me is that there should be knowledge about all the different cultures that exist within, within uh, England and uh, within our local area. Leicester is going to be, within the year sort of 2020, a larger uh, community of Asian people than the white community. And people are already saying, oh my God, oh my God, how do we respond to this? How, are, how will our services change? And, you know, there is such a sort of a strong emphasis on the status quo. But, you know, we, we've been doing things correctly and let us continue to do these things, despite the fact that, you know, the local population is going to change, folks. By 2015, in fact, it is predicted. Acquiring knowledge about, perhaps, say, in Leicester, about the different Asian cultures and Hindu philosophy and spiritualism and Buddhism is going to make a world of difference to people who receive services, particularly in terms of saying, I interpret mental health in this way based on my cultural beliefs and religious and spiritual way of thinking. I have seen psychotherapists, particularly white psychotherapists uh, across the London region, the whole of Hammersmith, Westminster, Kensington, Chelsea, Brent, where they've said, uh, you know, when these people come to our notice, after two or three sessions, they just disappear. They do not come back. And they literally make the problem as the client and the service user. When, when I've said, no, they are not the problem, your interpretation of his or her problem, your interpretation of the mental health difficulties or uh, uh, problems that they are experiencing, look at that. And then where is the therapeutic alliance with your client? What are the areas of agreement that you all have in common? And these are the sort of things they said, oh, 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 right, we never thought about it in the way. And I said, yes, because you all are just so privileged to maintain and conform to the status quo. So I have been challenging quite a bit, folks, and for, for my sins, I've uh, developed a reputation, but they, hey, who cares? Yeah, whatever. Um, so, and, and you know, what I'm saying is psychology, psychotherapy services um, must develop a service plan that incorporates the ethos and philosophy of positively valuing difference. Everybody I hear does the sort of political garbage of saying, oh yes, 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 diversity, blah, blah, blah. But when you actually check them out in terms of what their understanding is of diversity and how they value, the, the thing is very much a wee bit negative uh, difference because there is what uh, Professor Charles' husband talks about the threshold of tolerance, that yes, British society will be able to tolerate uh, difference and diversity up to a certain point, after which they will fall back into their stereotype way of thinking and believing and accepting that their norm is the well-established norm and other people who do not ascribe to that norm are negative. Yes, and that's why I don't know if any one of you have any experience of learning disabilities and the role of the normalization philosophy, where there was, where they said in normalization, people have to maintain or come to the norm of what is prescribed in overall society. And yet, black and minority people with learning disabilities do not want to ascribe. There is an implicit assumption that everybody wants to create a, 
the norm of the white Western ethnocentric position when we are saying no, no, no. And I've again made uh, some, including uh, talking to ministers on the whole double discrimination that exists for people with learning disabilities from black and minority ethnic backgrounds. And I'm, I'm really privileged based on that. There were three, four uh, white paper documents that came out particularly exclusively for people with learning disabilities from black and minority ethnic backgrounds in the sort of the Tower Hamlets area, which has a very large Bangladeshi community. Psychologists are now sitting with GPs in their consultation with the black and minority ethnic people, and particularly the Bangladeshi community. And what originally, what used to happen, the Bangladeshi person would say, oh, I've got uh, pain in my heart. I've got thoughts which uh, stop me from thinking positively and feeling sleepy and all. The GP immediately gives medication. When the psychologist now with those GP says, uh-uh, transfer them into IAPT services, improving access to psychological therapy services. And folks, it is working. It is actually working. Uh, you know, Bangladeshi people are now receiving psychological therapy much more than before, which I'm very proud that uh, a, a psychologist who herself is an, uh, of Indian origin who has started this. Anyway, good primary health care is about treating people as unique individuals, not treating them equally. Equal service and equality and diversity, which I'm going to talk to you all about, is quite separate and different. The main assumptions, as we all know, all forms of organization are inadvertently discriminatory. Yeah, all organizations, however much we might deny that, that is, is, is absolutely true. The point is, does health service accept that they are racist? Does the mental health services within Britain, you know, accept that, yes, the white psychiatrist using his power will only give medication to certain ethnic groups whilst will refer white uh, uh, patients who have the same schizophrenic symptoms into primary care institutions and primary care services. And when we challenge psychiatrists in terms of their diagnosis, um, they are saying we are making too much of an issue about nothing. So is diversity the same as equal ops? Diversity is a concept that recognizes the benefits to be gained within an organization as a result of the differences that exist within the organization. While equal ops has traditionally been a concept which sought to legislate against discrimination. What diversity covers is on, on gender, ethnicity, national origin, religion, age, physical or mental ability, marital status, sexual preference, social backgrounds, which cause people to have a different perspective on that same set of facts. Diversity is not about reducing standards. It's not about re removing our prejudices. It is recognizing that prejudices exist and then question them before we act. Particularly white therapists need to recognize that they come with some exceedingly white prejudiced ethnocentric positions of therapy and counseling. So like quality, it is a standard by which performance is measured, and it's not language and political correctness. So what does valuing diversity mean? It means it's the difference between people and the ways in which these differences can contribute to a richer working environment or a productive environment, which is closer to the different customs in the local uh, area. 
Managing diversity is about people who are not like you and who do not necessarily aspire to be like you. It is about having the management skills to allow their different perspectives and views to improve the quality of your decision. Professor Bina Candola, who is an occupational psychologist who is with the, the most big uh, organizations, he talks about diversity and equality and how the work ethics and organizations have to change to value difference and diversity in a positive light. So equal opportunity is externally initiated, legally driven, as we know, through legal laws. It is all to do with the numbers that you have in your organization for people who come from black and minority backgrounds. It's very much problem focused, assumes assimilation, it's reactive, and it only considers um, race, gender, and disability. Whilst diversity, in one sense, covers all differences. It is a, it's a concept of what I call a proactive approach, assumes pluralism, it's opportunity focus, with a very strong qualitative aspect rather than quantitative focus, and it's business needs driven. I've been around, as I said, in the trade for a long time, and I've been talking about these issues for a long time, and yet sometimes I feel I have made a change, yes? Certainly, the book on race, culture, and clinical psychology won the first prize in the mental health section of the BMA, the British Medical Association Award. And sometimes one feels, yes, one has made those differences, but yet when you sit back and reflect, uh-uh, just spoke to a colleague of mine last week. She has worked in Leicester for, and she herself is an Asian Muslim lady. She has worked in Birmingham for the last eight years. Birmingham has a very large, varied, diverse uh, cultural background community, and yet, as she says, Zenobia, my boss, all the managers, all still continue to be white. And these are the people who are in positions of power. These are the people who can say yay or nay to me, whether I can get uh, my seniority or not. Individual psychology and psychotherapy services, please, please do not operate on your preferred psychological or psychotherapeutic model. Therapies are often structured to suit the needs of departments and the head of academic departments rather than the individual service user. Cognitive behavior, Behavioral uh, Association of Counseling, and they believe behavior therapy, cognitive therapy works for everybody. And, and I've just sort of said, but hold on, you know, there are some people who will not have the kind of the same way of thinking about thought-provoking uh, thing, thought diary. They want something quite different. And they said, well, give us examples. And I've said, okay, I've dealt with a lot of Asian people. And when I'm dealing with them, they see me as the person of authority. And they see me as the person to say, you tell us what to do. How do I cope with my problem? You are the person of expertise. And I keep on sort of saying, come join me and become a partner as an expert with me. And believe you me, folks, it has changed. I certainly feel very proud when I was trying to deal with a, a mother who kept on taking her learning disabled young child to drink holy water, to eat ash, uh, when she just wouldn't recognize that her son 
was learning disabled because number one, she had not received any genetic counseling. When her child was born, this, uh, the psychiatrist and then the uh, pediatrician did not give any explanation as to the cause. And unfortunately, she produced another child who also had learning disabilities. With this lady, she believed that she, the, the child she had produced was as a result of her karma and all her ill deeds in the previous life. So the role of karma and uh, rebirth is very important in the understanding. Similarly within the, I know, the African Caribbean community, they believe the spirits have entered into the body and their way of coping is to hear those voices rather than being given the prescription to say, oh right, you're hallucinating, you're, yeah, and take the medication. In clinical psychology, we are trained over three years. What I have been saying and what the uh, faculty within the race and culture faculty of the Division of Clinical Psychology is saying is to say mainstream the whole issue of race and culture across all the modules, across all the modules of learning disability, mental health, primary health care, older people's services, children's services. Yeah, integrate that rather than a topic like this becoming a specialist topic which is given in a you know a, a three-hour session and when we were first requested to do that I put my foot down at UCL and I said you know take a walk because this is not right this is not right and they were a little taken aback but Zenobia you told us you know we need to bring all these issues and I said yes but the psychologist who comes in the first year of training is too new and will you know, fully not understand the issues of culture, diversity, difference, until literally the third year when he or she is nearly finishing their training. They've had the experience of working in different placements in adult mental health for one year. Each clinical psychologist in training will have a one year training experience of working in, in mental health services, yes? So, and how does being black or uh, coming from a minority ethnic background, how does that impinge on that trainee's performance? You know, are supervisors monitoring the supervisees' training needs? How often do uh, trainees actually see black and minority ethnic people in their training experience? Yeah, and what we've done, I belong to the accreditation team, that goes across the uh, 23 training courses across the country. We insist that at least a minimum of two black and minority ethnic trainees, the uh, trainee must see within their six month uh, placement. And so supervisors have turned around and said, oh, but Zenobia, we do not access them. They don't come to us. And I said, hold on, you know, these people are there in your catchment area. What profiling have you done to check out where these people are? How are you publicizing psychology and psychotherapy services to these groups of people? I did a, a, a research program, I think it was 10 or 15 years ago with the Department of Health to look at what black and minority ethnic people think about psychology. They had no idea about psychologists and the helping professions. They thought when we went to meet them that we were nurses or social workers. They had no idea uh, what we can offer, how we can offer, because they just sort of said, we just come to the voluntary organizations. They look after us. They provide our, 
are a, a, a community care pathway program which looks at all our needs, not just sort of mental health needs. They look at my social needs, my housing needs, my employment needs. So that's when I started developing the whole concept of community psychology. Psychologists must get out of their departments and actually work with the community organizations. And I urge you all, when you all also complete your training and people who have already trained, to work with the community sector. Very, very important. Okay, so now I'm moving on to personal level. You know, there is a conflict with our black trainees in counseling or psychological therapy. You know, do I accept the Eurocentric theory that is always provided to me? Or do I challenge it to my module organizer and teacher and trainer? And then, of course, there is always the anxiety. What if the client rejects me because of my different background and skin color? and defensiveness, am I good enough as a black therapist? Where is the time for reflection with my supervisor? Yeah, and a lot of our black trainees, when they start bringing these issues up with their uh, white supervisor's majority, the white supervisor sort of says, you are making more out of it than what is necessary. Do not allow your white supervisor to get away with that. The white trainees, they also have a lot of anxieties. Can I be effective in the counseling of black clients? How will being white affect the therapeutic relationship? They are very concerned about that with the black client. Should I avoid the sociopolitical implications of race by focusing only on general psychological processes and ignore the impact of social, economic, and cultural environments in which a lot of our BME people are vulnerable? There is anxiety. Folks, do not underestimate the white trainees' anxieties on this. How do I enter the world of an Indian client? How do I enter his or her world? How do I begin to comprehend such a world? It's a world which is completely separate to my world. What would be the starting point of our relationship with the person? What would be the meeting ground with my client? How does that white trainee work through that? And then I wanted to move into um, how can training courses encourage trainees to become critical thinkers and help them to approach their learning regarding difference in a lived experience and the place of the power and therapeutic relationship, particularly with the supervisor-supervisee uh, relationship. I'm very keen that black supervisees with the white supervisor have skills and competence and confidence to challenge their white supervisor without feeling the fear and anxiety of saying, oh my God, if I challenge my supervisor on X, Y, Z issues, he or she is going to fail me in placement. How many of you have uh, experienced those kind of feelings? Trainers and trainees need to be very comfortable in their institutions whilst the discourse is dominated by the monocultural values and practice of the one-size-fits-all theory. You know, what I'm urging you all as trainees to do is to question the ethno and Eurocentric perspective that comes within traditional psychotherapy and counseling practice. Please, please challenge this. Competent supervisors, if they are challenged and they don't have the answer, they will put you in touch with another person who will have that answer for you. And then through that way of learning and reflective practice, you will be in a position to change the curriculum of the teaching courses and academic uh, departments. 
Then I, I really want to seriously address, and if people are here from uh, the academic departments and university base, you know, what are courses doing in terms of recruiting and maintaining trainees uh, from oppressed and marginalized groups in numbers, which reflect the communities they are based in. At UCL, at University of East London, Royal Holloway, we have one day where we now bring black and minority ethnic school children to come and meet us to tell them about what clinical psychology can offer and what it can do for them. And very often they've said, oh, but we've tried, we've not even been shortlisted because we believe our name is different and therefore the course administrator puts the R application down. And I said, there is nothing like that because there are no longer any names on any applications. We all just have a number. And I am trying very hard to bring in more black and minority ethnic people within clinical psychology training and being trainers. And one day in Devon, I, I spoke to the course administrator and I said, let's call her Joe. And, and I said, Joe, what are you doing about it? How are you recruiting black and minority ethnic people within your training course? And she says, oh, but Zenobia, this is not an issue, number one. We don't have ethnic minorities in the Devon area, uh, etc. Yeah, and the people who apply to our course, um, they're all white, and the black people don't come to us. And I said, Joe, you are absolutely wrong. Number one, I have actually done a search in terms of your black and minority ethnic population. They do exist in uh, in Devon. Number two is. Why are you not bringing in the whole sort of race, culture, difference, diversity modules across the three years? And I said, Joe, you would be accused of institutional racism in the light of the fact that these trainees that you are training, they're not all going to be working and living in, uh, in Devon. Some of them will be coming into good old multi-ethnic London area and region. And how are they trained? What kind of competence do they have? Uh, to bring, um, yes. Anyway, folks, I, I must stop. That was Zenobia Nadashaw giving a talk on therapeutic practice in a multicultural society at the 2014 Barton Conference. If you would like to train in the area of black issues in the therapeutic process, there is a training happening on the 20th and 21st of September 2014 in London. If you want to attend, find out more about Barton or send me a comment about the podcast or anything else, you can email me, eugene at barton.org.uk or visit us at our website, www.baatn.org.uk. I hope you can join me for the next podcast, but until then, goodbye.